All right. Seeing none, we thank you for that report. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you again. All right. Next on the agenda is item G, implementation of the Medicaid Primary Care Case Management Program Act. And I think uh, Mr. Selick is here with that. So you're back. <laughs> I think this will be very brief, Madam Chairman. All right. I'm John C. with the Department of Human Services. Um, the primary care case management program, we uh, posted the this, and I'll take just a minute to explain what that is, just remind people. We have the patient-centered medical home that we've talked about before. As an alternative to that, uh, we are uh, setting up the patient-centered medical home with the I'm sorry, with the patient center medical home, we pay a doc to really manage their caseload. With the primary care case management, we have now have an RFQ out to get a vendor, likely a national company, to come in and work with docs to help manage their most difficult, most challenging patients, most complex patients. That RFQ went out uh, last week. The bids are due February 18th back to us or the Office of State Procurement, and we expect early March for an award to be announced. So that, that's where we are. It's, it's underway. We're simply, vendors are now in the process of developing their bids. All right, thank you. Representative Farrar, you're recognized for a question. Thank you, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, with the development of these uh, patient care homes, are you going to still continue with the Connect Care program for dental and medical? Yes, sir. This, this won't uh, eliminate the Connect Care program, but for uh, our patient-centered medical homes, in effect, it, this, this is kind of Connect Care on steroids. Connect Care was just really for a doc to do the basics, and this is the more comprehensive pieces we've talked about. But you're still going to continue to fund the, the Connect Care program? Yes, sir. Even with the, all this going on? Yes, sir. Okay, it's $15 million. Yes, sir. Well, and when I say we're going to continue to fund it, I think we now pay... $4 per member per month for Connect Care. The primary care case manager will now, excuse me, the, prim, the, the, the PCP, <laughs> the primary, primary care, care physician, physician will now get, I think, on average about $7 per month to do, this, to do the, what they've been doing and more. So we won't run two different programs. Okay, so is that, is it's that an the enhanced increase? version of Connect Care? Okay, is that the increase uh, that we're that you're counting on providing the, the extra increase in funds to the physicians, primary care. That's part of the, the funds? Part yes, of the so that, that's part of the additional funds that will be available to primary care physicians. Okay. The, the other piece, that the, really the attractive part for a primary care physician is they can now have shared savings. So if they manage their panel of patients well, if they have high-quality outcomes and help keep the total cost down, for example, by keeping them out of emergency rooms, we will actually share that savings with them, and it's been estimated that they can significantly increase their income if they do a good job of managing their panel of patients, which is, I think, why we've had 600 physicians sign up already. Right. Is, do you think there's still do you, do you think there's still do you think there's still a need for the for the uh, Connect Care program, even with the private option and its full funding? Well, again, this this in effect, I, I didn't want to say for the for the physicians who are not. A patient-centered medical home, I think there is need for them to at least be part of Connect Care. Those who become a patient-centered medical home will not also be a Connect Care provider. They'll just be a patient-centered medical home, is my understanding. Uh, in other words, okay. you, you've, you've decided to become the enhanced Connect Care home. Right. Is, are, is the Connect Care program going to go do with the private option insurance, too? Will it, besides Medicaid, will it, will it also do 
It, 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 won't, it won't do the private option in that the connect care is specific to Medicaid and the private option clients, with the exception of Medicaid Frail, will be in the private sector. But if we're but, supposed to, if we're decreasing the Medicaid rolls, then why would we continue the connect care pro? Well, because we still have a significant number of people on Medicaid, particularly for the time being. Uh, for example, the children who are on Medicaid, most of the people on the traditional Medicaid program are children. So they still need either connect care or patients that are medical home. To find a physician. I'm sorry? To find a physician to take care of them. Yeah, they need some physician who is their medical home. Did I miss your question? No, no. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Seeing none, we thank you for that sure. report. Uh, appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, that ends our meeting. We are adjourned. Oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I am so sorry. Um, Director Jones. <laughs> I don't know who was uh, happy or you uh, getting out of this or me because I get to go home. <laughs> Madam Chairman, if I can make a, a correction, yes. clarification, and it was my mistake. I said that we do not collect any information on employment. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, Director Jones pointed out to me that while we don't think it's required that they report it, we do ask them for that information. So I think we will be able to get back to you with some data on how many people in the private option are employed or at least a a, a good estimate of it. Uh, we'll get that to you as soon as we're able to tabulate, but I, it was just my mistake. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that information. All right. Oh, do you have a question for uh, Mr. Selig, uh Representative Hammer? Yes, ma'am. I'll make it oh. real short. All right. You're recognized. Um, re refresh my memory because there's been a lot of discussion about APRNs and physicians and who's in charge of the medical home. Are, is it, did we determine, was it strictly the physicians or are the APRN still able to function in that role uh, when it comes to the reimbursement you were talking about a while ago and, and that? Would you clarify I, that? I wish we had some other people still here and we don't. I, I believe that, th that for an APRN to do it, they still have to be associated with the physician. Right, I but the avenue is still there, right? Best I remember, I, it wasn't. I, I believe so, but I would, I would have to get other people here. I, okay. I just can't recall those where we left those conversations. All right, thank you. Thank yes, you, Madam Chair. All right, thank you. Uh, Director Jones, you are recognized. Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm Joni Jones, Director of the County Operations Division over at Human Services. I'll make this very brief. I routinely give an update on Act uh, 1265. Um, it's the act that created our Medicaid eligibility verification system. And as I've reported before, the Federal Data Services Hub did come up on October the 1st. And we are using that system along with our own uh, automated verification systems that we have in the state, like Bureau of Vital Statistics, driver's license, uh, the wage data, the unemployment insurance records, all of those things to verify information. Um, I'd say that our experience over the last few months has been that the data services hub, uh, sometimes when we hit that hub, it may be that not all the data services sources are there, which means it does throw a manual verification. So we probably have not seen, or not probably, I know I have not yet seen, our full uh, efficiency from being able to do a lot of this work in an automated environment. So we are doing some manual verifications. Um, but regardless of whether it's being verified through an automated process at the federal level or the state level, or a manual process through our own caseworkers, the information is being verified before we move them on to being determined eligible. All right. Are there any? Okay. Uh, Representative Hammer, you're recognized. When it comes to the, you mentioned the verification. When it, when it comes to the verification, 
and, and I'm asking because I just can't remember. We created the Office of Medicaid Inspector General, and, and then there's DMS. What, what is it the Office of Medicaid Inspector General does as far as the verification process that makes it different than what you're doing? Or was, can you refresh my memory on what duties we shifted over to them that eliminates the duplication of efforts? Not, not really any of them from an eligibility perspective. So when someone places an application for uh, assistance with Medicaid, private option, or any other public assistance program that we, uh, that we work with, um, we do the verification uh, process through my division. Uh, there probably are some, we've got legislative uh, reviews. There may be other types of uh, uh, reviews after the fact that happen after eligibility is determined. And I don't know, maybe uh, uh, Director Seeley, you might can add to that, but from the eligibility process itself and the types of verifications that I described through the Data Services Hub, that all happens within the Division of County Operations. Right, and I would just add, just she does the verification in her division. The program integrity unit was in the Medicaid division, and that entire unit, which is once people are eligible, kind of the program integrity with providers and services that are opposite, that is what was moved to the Office of Medicaid Inspector General. So there never was, I mean, there were separate activities, and it's that, it's that piece of, pro, it's that program integrity unit that was moved. Was it, the, was it the PI that was moved over there or the functions? What about the functions that were being performed or they're being performed? It, where it, where are they The, the people resting? and the functions all went to the Medicaid Inspector General. So our, our director of program integrity, all of those staff, about 30 people or so, plus I think you all gave them a couple of additional staff, are now in the Office of Medicaid Inspector General, and they have taken the, the functions with them. Okay. Request of the chair, madam chair. All right. What's your request? Um, I, maybe it's just me, but I think at some point in time it would be good if maybe we had a review of the Office of Medicaid Inspector General as it functions in conjunction with DMS and look at their individual roles and what, what Omega is doing um, as it complements DMS, but also how it maintains an independent separation uh, to provide uh, you know, independent verification of everything. And maybe the chair, we could talk afterwards, but I'd like to at least put that out there for consideration, please. All right, thank you. Uh, that's a good idea. We'll, we'll work on that. And I will say that uh, the Inspector General was asked if he had anything to report, and he said no. So uh, maybe by the time we get him on the schedule, uh, he'll have a lot of things that he wants to say. So right. thank anyway. you, Madam Chair. You're welcome. All right. Are there any other questions? Seeing none, we thank you so much for being here. And ladies and gentlemen, we are adjourned.